Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I want to hear cannons. This is Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there are the cannons, cannons. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast, live at Berry House Beer Company in beautiful Ebor City. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host from BucksNation.com, Mr. Evan Wanish. Joining us as well here, live on location in Ebor City, Mr. Bucks Nation, good friend of the show, a.k.a. James Hill. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are now 5-6 and six out of the bye week following a 23-17 overtime loss in Cleveland to the Jaco- uh, the Jacoby Brissett-led Browns. I had to think about that correctly and make sure that that was actually what was coming out of my mouth here as um, we are now officially 0-3 at the Campfire Watch Party. So, uh, I mean, the vibes were immaculate until the end of that game. <sighs> Evan, I, I want to get your take here right out of the gate. Uh, the Bucks come out of the bye week and they lay that shit on us. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, you know it's um, it, it wasn't really undisciplined, you could say, because that, they did a good job of limiting penalties and stuff, but um, just poor management by the the coaching staff all around. And when you come out of a bye week, hello James, uh, when, when you when you come out of a bye week and you um, come out. I wouldn't really say flat because you know, their opening drive to score a touchdown. You know, they score a drive on their opening touchdown, and uh, you know they look good doing it. Uh, Cleveland's struggled on defense this year, specifically against the run, and they were really exploiting those weaknesses. I thought and, 50, 50 plus yards rushing on the ground to open the game. First drive of the game, yeah. Rashad White ends up with forty five something yards, broke away for for a big one. Saw some Keyshawn Vaughn get involved as well. I mean, yeah, I, I really thought that after that first drive, I didn't think it was going to be an offensive explosion, but I certainly thought, you know, some situational football would just be better than it was. I mean, I, I, I really don't know how to describe it because, like you said, it wasn't so much sloppy. felt like a game mm-hmm. that they could have win. It felt like they had every reason to go out there and win that game. They just they just didn't. Yeah, yeah, and I, I actually I was more concerned early on with the defense because the defense was having real trouble stopping Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland's offense has been really good this year. You wouldn't think it because like, oh, Jacoby Brissett and stuff, but they've been really, really good this year. Um, and, you know, the second half, really, the defense saved the Bucks multiple times. Uh, I think this one has to lie on – it's a team loss, sure, but this one has to fall on the offense more. Uh, you're up 17-10, and you have you – know, 
three or four drives where you can make it a two score game. You can just kick in a field goal and make it a two score game and you, you fail to do that. So your defense can only bail you out so much. And even in overtime, you have two drives, you almost get the midfield and you don't advance it to try and kick the field goal. So uh, your, your defense can only do so much. And the Bucks defense really helped them out in the second half, but the Bucks offense just, they found a rhythm on one drive in the second half. And then other than that, it was pretty much just flat. Uh, Donovan Smith got dominated, beaten like a drum. I mean, they were, the Browns were rushing three and they were still getting there. Like when you're able to do that as a defense, there's not going to be many guys open like down the field. There's just not going to, when you're able to do that and still get consistent pressure with a three man rush because miles Garrett is just beating your left tackle so much. Uh, you're going to have a tough time on offense. I think the Bucks did today. Yeah. Just a, you know, I, I agree with a lot of what you said there, Evan. I think that, you know, I know what people are going to, you know, be quick to point out. And I'm sure we'll talk about this is, you know, coaching, coaching, coaching. But also I would say there was a healthy amount of plays that just weren't executed well by the players today as well. And I think that that's very important to, to point out. You know, some throws were missed by Tom Brady today that he really probably wished he would have had some of those back. Some guys didn't, you know, run routes, you know, necessarily how you well, want to see them ran. Mike Evans, Mike Evans was abysmal today. Yeah, I mean, it, let, let's talk about the elephant in the room here. We talk about the offensive side of the ball, and, and we'll break down top to bottom what went wrong with Tampa Bay because it was more than just this. But that Tom Brady-Mike Evans connection, I mean, that, that's been something that has been brought under question all year long. You know what I mean? It, it, at the beginning of the year, it was one of those things where, oh, they're just working out the kinks. You know, you got you got a lot of football left to play, but here we are with six games left. The Bucks are five and six, and yeah, you know, the rest of the NFC South lost today, except for the Panthers, I think, who won. But it's one of those things where, like, how much longer are you going to put up with it? Like, a problem is a problem, and I'm not really sure who the blame is on at this point. I mean, a couple of just bad throws by Tom today. As much as we love to give him credit on this show, and as much as people think we are slow to criticize Tom Brady, today felt far from his worst game, but it certainly wasn't his best. There were a lot of bad throws, but I mean, that connection with him and Mike Evans has just disappeared, and that's what concerns me more than anything else in this offense right now. And I mean, you know, Tristan Morris going down as well. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, you know, I, I thought, though, the big thing for me, uh, you talk about the players, you talk about everything. Uh, the big thing for me was right when the Browns tied it, um, you know, do the Bucks coaches know that they don't end up going into overtime with four timeouts if they keep two? Uh, they don't roll over. So to, to keep two timeouts in your pocket and just let the clock expire when you're tied and only need a field goal to win is just inexcusable to me. I understand why they didn't. I understand why they didn't call it. I do. Um, after the, the white play, I think he only got like a yard or two. Um, they didn't want to stop the clock, throw an incompletion. Then all of a sudden, the Browns might get the ball back with 20 seconds. I get it. But you can't play that way. Like you got to assume that you're going to be able to get the plays in to be able to get in field goal range. The Bucks would have had like 18 seconds after that Julio Jones play where they were at midfield, basically right at the 50. They would have had about 18 seconds and two timeouts had they just called uh, or one timeout, I should say, probably it, had they just called a timeout right after the, that that white play. It just It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And to me. You know, coaching cost them on multiple occasions here. Uh, the fourth down play with the, you know, the Cleveland tied it. Brady, Brady uh, wanted to go for it. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, you know, we'll talk about that. I was talking about the, the fourth down um, on, on defense there. Uh, 
So, you know, it's, it's fourth down. You have all three timeouts, call a timeout and talk about it. You know, call, I, I understand. Look, David and Joku, that was an incredible catch. Like you got to give credit where it's due. Uh, it was a, an amazing catch. The coverage was good. Just sometimes the opponent makes a better play. Um, but like talk, use one of your timeouts to talk about it, you know? And it's, uh, Right now, I think that this game was was on coaching and it was on the offense. I, I think you could see a lot of that, not really coaching as far as preparation, but time management, I should say. Their, their time management in this game was the worst it's been all year, easily the worst. Yeah, I think I can agree with that as well. But when we talk about some other things that went wrong with the offense, let's talk about the offensive line. Uh, I, I know the biggest thing everyone wants to talk about right now is Tristan Worse. Haven't gotten a definitive update on him, but he did express just how bad he feels with how this season has played out, given that it may or may not be Tom Brady's last season. And when you lose an all-pro right tackle, uh, the Bucs are definitely going to feel that here in the weeks going forward. Tristan Worse was carted off in the game today, but, I mean, they just weren't good. They, they were not good. I mean, Miles Garrett had two sacks. Donovan Smith, in particular, had a terrible game. I mean, he was making crucial mistakes. And listen, those mistakes can be forgivable if they aren't in such back-breaking circumstances, right? I mean, it's one of those things where you can turn a blind eye uh, to illegal hands to the face or a false start when it's not bringing back conversions and it's not bringing back plays that are going to keep your offense in this game. Because while the defense did show up, and I know the run defense was kind of the bane of Tampa Bay today, it felt like the offense was playing like that. That's what's so frustrating about this game is that it felt like the Bucks, even though it wasn't anything more than what it was. I mean, 17 points, you know, it still they didn't felt play like horrible. They didn't play horrible. It didn't feel like they played. An, uh, they didn't play bad enough to lose this game. I mean, towards the end, they did, obviously, with the overtime playing out the way that it did. But it's just, uh, yeah, it's very mixed emotions. I mean, you get used to the losing at this point when you're six losses into it. And uh, all of the momentum that it seems the Bucks had coming into the or coming yeah coming into the bye week has seemingly disappeared because uh, people are not going to stop talking about this one. James, I want to get your thoughts on the offensive line. Robert Hainsey, Nick Leverett obviously got beat up a little bit today as well. Donovan Smith had a terrible game. Tristan Wirfs not there, and uh, you know Shaq Shaq Mason wasn't exactly an issue, but this offensive line as a whole, uh, I think they have a lot of blame on their shoulders. I mean, look at the third one. You know, the third and one, they need one yard with Rashad White, and he gets knocked backward four yards. I mean, that's that's just everything you need right there. You know, yeah, and I, I've i had a long storied history of takes with Donovan Smith. Uh, some years I think he's terrible. Some years I think he's rebounded, and he looks pretty good. And, you know, overall, he's done a, a good job this year. And he's going up against Miles Garrett, who is possibly the best defensive lineman in the NFL besides Aaron Donald. He's one of them. And I get it. It's a very tough matchup. But Smith gave up at least two sacks from what I saw, multiple pressures, a couple of really bad penalties that you guys talked about. There was one hands-to-the-face penalty. Game-changing penalty. It's game-changing. Brady made that great play to get that ball out to Rashad White. That's a that's a first-down conversion yeah, jo- on a third and four instead jo- of third jo- and 14. Josh Allen who? Josh Allen who? Yeah, Brady evades like, the pressure. Two pitch passes for Tom Brady today. Not one, but two. And then just like you said, that back-breaking penalty, I mean, that's going to that's gonna kill you every time. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, obviously there's a lot of factors that go into this loss for why they lost, but Donovan Smith didn't have a very good game, which was disappointing, um, Tristan Wirfs got hurt, which sucks a lot. Um, the interior offensive line 
did okay in certain situations. Like they gave up, a, I think what, what was it, Evan? Like one sack and a couple of pressures here and there. Yeah, there was there was a couple, a little bit of pressure, but a lot of the Browns' pressure came from the edges. Yeah, right. They, they didn't they didn't blitz a ton either, because they didn't have to. They were getting all their pressure off the edge, and the Bucks' tackles just really didn't hold up well. And even like the Bucks, like, and that's another thing at like coaching, like the Bucks' protection plans didn't work against Miles Garrett, but they also didn't do them very often. Like they really left Smith on island out there, there too was, many times. There was a lot of times where they just left Donovan Smith on an island one-on-one against Miles Garrett. Buddy, that ain't going to work out, you know? Um, so I do see your point there, Evan, where it is definitely like kind of questioning, like, what's coaching staff doing here? And, you know, not to just say it's all on one guy, but, you know, Iron Leftwich is supposed to be the leader of that offensive coaching staff, you know? Um, and, yeah, like, you know, you said earlier that, you know, they didn't play bad per se, but it's just a couple, a couple of those back-breaking mistakes and execution errors that got them, and it's it horribly unfortunate. Injuries and execution errors aside, let's talk a little more about the offensive game plan today. Byron Leftwich, in particular, his play calling. Uh, we praised the run after the first drive of the game. I mean, you know, we talked about it to start the podcast. Fifty plus rushing yards to open the drive for Tampa Bay. That's that's pretty damn good. Um, you, you kind of thought they were going to commit to the run a little bit more than they did, but only 20 carries on the day, and one of those for Tom Brady, which only went for two yards. 14 carries by Rashad White for 64 yards, averaging 4.6 yards a tote. That's really not bad. I mean, in a good the, number. It, you know, it is a pretty good number. If you can land anywhere between uh, three if you can land over like, like, like If you can land anything over like 3.5. Right. Anything over that's a deep, pretty good number. Yeah, and Rashad White came in. Obviously, the pressure on him this week with the Bucks missing Leonard Fournette, and maybe that was the difference. You know what I mean? Maybe having Leonard Fournette for those 10, 15 carries a game, even if Rashad White is your lead guy, maybe it makes it harder to commit to the run when you don't get that much production. Uh, four carries for 15 yards for your boy, Sneak Vaughn, 3.8 yards a tote. One carry for Julio Jones on the double end around. It was a touchdown for Cleveland, and the Bucks got 15 yards with Julio Jones. Um, I, I mean, they definitely got away from the run. I don't want to say they got away from it too soon, but when you look at what Cleveland was doing and what worked in the first half of that game, time of possession, just controlling the clock and, and, and eating away the field, whether it was the run, because, you know, 100 yards in the first half against this Bucks run defense isn't great, but the short passing game, Jacoby Brissett was accurate, and he wasn't mm-hmm. making these harebrained throws until the second half of the game. So realistically... You know, did the Bucks get away from the run far too soon, in your opinion? You know, it's just, I, I do think they did a little bit. Um, Todd Bowles, uh, in his press conference now, said they, you know, some of the holes that were there weren't there, you know, later on. Like, okay, fine, but, like, you got to come up with something else. Like, um, the, the run was working, and then he kind of went away from it. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm fine. You know, we have sound this show a lot. Like, they're running the ball too much, running the ball too much. But at some point, especially when the, the pass rush is starting to heat up, right? When you got a guy like Miles Garrett on the other side who's starting to heat up, what you can do to sort of cool him down a little bit is run the ball effectively. Um, and then they're going to overcommit because they're going to be selling out to you know rush the passer, and you can maybe get a few effective runs there. So I do think the Bucks went away from the run a little too soon. Now, I mean, they weren't successful with it you know, when they did try it. Like, I, I get that. Um, but it would have liked to see a little bit more of an effort just um, – And then, you know, they had a a third and one early in the game and they do the same formation every single time. Co-Keefe's there, 
They're going to bring the wide receiver inside right behind the tackle. And then they're going to run up the middle. Like if I know that, then the defensive coordinator for the Browns, Joe Woods, who knows 10 times, 50 times more football than I do, definitely knows that. So it's just, it's so predictable when they're running. And I just think that is what's hurting them more. Um, So today, I mean, yeah, it worked on the first drive and then it like disappeared. We talked about, you know, 50 plus yards rushing on that first drive. Uh, You know, you talked about Rashad White's stat line. And he finished with 64. You know, the team finished with what just a little bit under uh, a little bit under 100. But half of that was on one drive. So really not an efficient day. Uh, I think the numbers are going to kind of skew that a little bit. Not an efficient day for the Bucks run game at all. Yeah, you know, and it's it's really unfortunate because we're not unfortunate, but it's just weird. Right, because no, it's unfortunate. Well, it's, it's <laughs> I guess it, it, both can be true. Both can be true. But but it was it's so weird because. In Germany, the Bucks ran the ball, what, like 30 times? Yeah, like 38 total carries by the end of the day, and which this, was, had to be a record. And look, this was a game where you could have... Uh, I know how Todd Bowles and, you know, they always try to say, oh, we're going to run more, we're going to run more. Man, this was the game where you could have ran more. <laughs> Why didn't you then? It's so weird. Like, every time they're in a situation where you would think they're going to do something, the Bucks offense just says, you know what? What if we did the exact opposite? <laughs> Bet you didn't expect that one. And, I, I sorry, go ahead. And it's just uh, I don't know, man. Like Evan said, like some of their formations and stuff. Like, very very key note here, by the way, is like you know some of the holes weren't there. Uh, okay, so Todd Bowles admitting that the offensive line didn't look good today. You know, first off for that in terms of run blocking, but um, it, it was just a little bizarre to me that they were so 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 dedicated to the run in Germany, but they couldn't get a couple more runs in this game when they were running good. I think Rashad Wright, Rashad White was one of the lone highlights of the offense today. He had over 100 scrimmage yards today, so you didn't want to rely on him more. Just really weird decision-making, in my opinion. Hey, so I, I know we kind of touched on it, but Evan, I wanted to get your take on Tom Brady's day at the quarterback position. 29 for 43 passing, 246 yards, two touchdowns, and honestly... Most of those pass attempts came in the second half of the third quarter, fourth quarter, and, and ultimately overtime. Um, what did you make of Tom's day? I know I said earlier at the start of the show that certainly wasn't his best, certainly wasn't his worst, but uh, there were some bad throws, and, and that connection with Mike Evans not being there at all, that definitely concerns me. Yeah, you know, I, I thought Tom had, had three good quarters and then a pretty bad one. Um, I, th- I thought he was good in quarters one to three. Uh, I thought he was really good. He, he was efficient. I mean, at one point, I think he was 20 of 24. Um, so, I mean, and then he ends up with only eight more completions the rest of the day, I believe, or nine more completions. So, um, you know, the Browns, I think the Browns pass rush sort of came alive a little bit in, in that fourth quarter. That hurt. Uh, but also, like you talked about the, the Mike Evans connection, you know, on that deep ball late in the game, why isn't Evans reaching out for that ball? Um, why are you well, we, just kind of, you know, shooting, you, he didn't even try and well, short that, arm it. He didn't that's, attempt it. That's what a lot of people here said in person is there were a couple people who said it looked like he just stopped. Like, I don't know if maybe he thought he underran the ball and he wasn't going to get it regardless. But, I mean, when you look back at the replay, he definitely stopped moving and, and didn't really put in uh, that great of an effort that you would think you would need right there on a on a potentially game-winning catch so it's it's one of those things where like questions are going to be brought up all week people are going to be talking about it film breakdowns are going to say this but uh the fact of the matter is buddy there is a clear-cut issue between tom brady 
and Mike Evans. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, obviously that sounds like a tabloid headline, but the people who know what I mean really know what I mean. I, I, you know, film doesn't lie. That connection has not been there. Yeah. You know, and, and Tom on, on an earlier one had Mike for a deep ball and overthrew him. And then he also, he missed Godwin on that one over the mill, uh, threw it a little high, but those are the two big missed throws. But then that one, yeah, Evan just, it looked, and he may not have caught it, but it just, it looked weird that he didn't like attempt to, to try and, and catch it. So, um, yeah, like I said, I, I thought Tom was, was decent. Uh, but then, you know, but in the overtime, he was fine. You know, he makes a great play. makes a great play to Rashad White to get the, the first down, and the hands of the face penalty ends up costing him. So uh, I, I think, you know, Brady's, you know, as, we're, as we are jamming out, uh, I, I think Brady's, um, you know, Brady's day was fine, but ultimately, obviously, wasn't good enough to win. So Making the best out of a bad situation here, let's talk about the leading receiver, Chris Godwin. Pretty productive day for one for 12 receptions for 110 yards and a touchdown. Rashad White, your second leading receiver for Tampa Bay. Nine catches and 45 yards out of the backfield for him. Julio Jones, three catches for 40 yards. Only two catches for Mike Evans and 31 yards. I don't know how many times he was targeted, but felt like well over five times. Two catches for Cam Brayton, 15 yards. A catch for Keeft. And five yards and a touchdown. By the way, I, I mean, I know it's, it's I know it's first touchdown. Yeah, I mean, I, I know it's going to get overshadowed. But how about another circus catch by Coquif in the end zone for his first career touchdown? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was nice to see him get in the end zone there. Um, and now that's just another list of uh, players that Tom Brady's thrown a touchdown pass to. So I think he still needs Rashad White. Um, I think that's the one that like he's missing. That's like realistic. Like you could say a practice squad receiver or something, but like, I think that's the one that like he's missing uh, the Rashad white. So they see if they can get him in the end zone. As we have a $5 super chat from Matt Diaz. It just says Godwin and Julio. So it doesn't have many thoughts. Let's go, Maybe. Matt. Clap it yeah, up appreciate for the boy. It. Matt, is Matt there? Is Matt there? Yeah, Matt's right here. Come here, Matt. All right. Hey, grab, uh, grab James microphone. Matt's been hanging out with us. So, yeah, come on, dude. Get, come on. Come on. Getting, bring your, bring your, bring your drink. Out. I want to know what you're drinking. It's the Martin up there. The Martin. So it's a Berry it's House there. brew. Is it good? Very. I highly recommend. <laughs> all, all the ones they got, I highly recommend. If you're not into like super hoppy beers, perfect place for you. Yeah, Matt. Go Matt, Go you're, Bucks, Matt. When lose, win or lose, we booze, fellas. Matt, real quick, your your thoughts on the game. God, you know, you really need to consider not like pitching behind the line of scrimmage, especially in overtime when. Hey, well, there was a there was a conversion early in the game. It was a pitch to the side, and everybody in the everybody in the room held their breath because it was to Keyshawn Vaughn. It wasn't even to Rashad White. I mean, it was a third and one pitch to the left to Keyshawn Vaughn. I, I literally looked at Matt and I was like, there was nothing at all I liked about that play call. It worked, I, but I didn't like it. Yeah, no, that was just good on Keyshawn Vaughn there. I mean, wow. That's your boy, Evan. I know. Sneak I know. Vaughn, Sneak. baby. Sneak. Hey, Matt was out here at our 2021 watch party against Washington. It's unfortunate the Bucks couldn't get a win for us, but hey, we appreciate you, dude. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Next time. Next Thanks, time. Matt. Go Bucks, baby. Thank you. All right, so we talk about some more of what went wrong for Tampa Bay today. I want to talk about the defense because this is where things get a little interesting. Uh, A lot of people are going to look at the run defense and want to get upset, but, I mean, let's face it, this is another week in a row where the offense not scoring points where they probably should have, making fatal mistakes, 
leaving points on the field, it, it, it hurts your defense because 17 points, I know it's Jacoby Brissett and the Browns, but 17 points, you hold a team to 17 points, that's enough to win you that football game. It should be enough mm-hmm. to win you an NFL football game. What do you think, James? Yeah, you know, um, it's interesting because, you know, look, Cleveland has a good rushing offense. I think they're fifth. And like everyone was saying earlier, I know it's like, haha, Jacoby Brissett, funny memes, but like Bucks have the fourth, or the Browns. They've been have, good. Yeah, they had, they had the 14th ranked passing offense, the fifth ranked rushing offense. I took a look at that and I was like, why are they three and seven? <laughs> they're, they're one of the many teams in the NFL that people could say they, they play far better than their record. Detroit, one of those teams, and the three and seven Browns, now four and seven, uh, another one of those teams as well. Right. So, I mean, you know, and look, I, I know you guys have talked about it a lot on, on here, uh, the run defense not being as good as it has been in years past. That's very accurate. Um, but it was just kind of like two things colliding here. Like, uh, you know, the Bucks not having the best run defense anymore versus the Browns who have one of the best rushing offenses. Yeah, Cleveland was going to run with it, you know. Um, and they made the most of their opportunities. They kind of ate away at the Bucks in terms of running the ball and then just let Brissett pick them apart every now and then with the occasional passes and whatnot. So uh, Cleveland had a good offensive game plan for, for what they have available to them. Um, and, I, you know, like Evan said earlier, like, I don't think the defense played bad today as a whole. Um, it was really unfortunate that Carlton Davis fell down on like the last play of the game to Amari Cooper. That just sucked. Uh, a lot of guys got hurt. Davis got hurt. Dean got hurt. Winfield got hurt. Um, who was it? There was another safety that got hurt. Edwards Mike got Ed- hurt. Mike Edwards got hurt. And yeah, so there was there was it, a it, lot of guys in and out. Yeah. It felt like just about everyone aside from Sean Murphy Bunting was on the ground feeling hurt at some point today. Right. So uh, I think that, you know, you know, the defense I thought did good. Like Evan was saying earlier, I really think like the offense just didn't execute as much. Like, uh, I thought you were going to finish your point. Well, um, and, then, and then just, I just want to say that last play too, with the David and Joku catch to tie the game. Like I saw them, the broadcast was showing Devin White. I was like, that's not necessarily on Devin White. That was just a really good David and, Doku, and Joku yeah. catch. That's got to suck for Devin White. Yeah, um, he, you know he, he played good coverage in that situation. Yeah, so after after the Bucks scored the touchdown to go up seventeen to ten, after they scored a touchdown, the for the rest of the game, the Bucks offense managed two first downs for the for the not including overtime. Okay, so for the rest of the fourth quarter, rest of the rest of regulation, the Bucks offense managed two first downs in a, in a place where they all they needed to do was kick a field goal and go up two scores, and the game's probably over. They only managed two first downs, so they went three and out on their next drive. Then the defense forced the punt. Then the Bucks got two first downs, had the punt. Then the fourth down where Amari Cooper dropped it. Um, the Bucks went three and out on the next one. Then the uh, Browns uh, punted, and then the Bucks had the ball for 25 seconds uh, in the last one and went three and out, and then the Browns scored a touchdown to tie it. So that's just to show you that, yeah, it's not on the defense. Like, I, I don't think this is on the defense. The defense has been fine. Of course, obviously, in overtime, that big play to Cooper, you know, yeah, that, that can't happen. But, hey, the offense had two possessions there where they couldn't get it done. So uh, I think this falls far more on the offense 
than it does the defense. It's funny how the first play from scrimmage was a handoff to Nick Chubb, and uh, what happened there? There were two bucks there to make the tackle. Neither of them did it, and he picks up another six, seven yards, and that's exactly what happened to Amari Cooper right there. Seemed like Carlton Davis was right on top of him, tried to make a play to punch it out, and uh, whiffs the tackle, gives up another eight, nine, ten yards, and a Cleveland first down. So we talk about this defense, four sacks on the day for this pass rush, which, um, I mean, listen, four sacks is four sacks. You know, it, it's hard to sit here and and talk about silver lining with people as upset with the Bucks at a five and six record as they are. But, you know, like we said, you got to give credit where credit is due. And I thought this defense did play well enough to win today. I know there was the garbage time interception for Mike Edwards, but... That's an interception. That's a turnover. It goes in. Yeah, well, I, I yeah, know it wasn't. I, I, I know it wasn't incremental in the game, but I think the fact of the matter is, with or without that interception, they still played good enough to win. And yeah. I think the the general that's the only complaint though. That's was, the only complaint. They, they're not even getting hands on the football anymore. Right? Like, no, you're right. That, it, there wasn't anything close aside from that hail mary attempt. No, like they're not even getting their hands on a football. They're not punching the ball out. Like they're just, that's the one complaint I still have about the defense. The pass rush rose to the occasion after a first half where they really did the pass rush. And that's why the defense had me concerned at first. I was like, man, this pass rush isn't getting a lot of push. It's the Bucks were playing some soft coverage early on where they were sort of giving the Browns a six, seven yard cushion. Especially when Zion McCollum checked into the game Uh, later on when guys were dealing with injury, Jamel Dean missed some time, Carlton Davis missed some time. You saw some more Zion McCollum. And I swear to God, every time I looked up on the TV before the snap, he was seven, eight, nine yards off of the off of the wide receiver. And there weren't any other Bucks corners doing that, at least that what I saw. I mean, I know you just said there were a couple of other instances, but Zion McCollum. Mostly in the first half, honestly. Right. But they went away from it in the second half, and they had a lot of success in the second half. They had more success against the Browns offense in the second half than they did, than they did in the first. But um yeah, I thought that defense was fine. Um, they did enough to win today. You know, the only thing in a perfect world, you know, they they create a turnover. That's the only thing, you know, in a, a turnover that is meaningful. Um, you know, that that's the only thing. In a perfect world, they do that. But I, I thought, yeah, this defense played well enough to win. Uh, when you go to overtime, all bets are off. And the defense stopped the Browns again. The Bucks offense got another chance. But when you win the toss and get the ball in overtime, if you don't score on that first drive, you're you're in deep stuff. But the defense stopped the Browns again and gave your offense another chance, and your offense still couldn't get it done. So Nothing. yeah, this this is this is definitely more on the offense than the defense. Now, I, I have a question then for both of you, and this may become a week. So first off, let me start by asking, what are your guys' thoughts on Byron Leftwich today? And then my follow-up question after I get your guys' thoughts is, is this the week? Is this the week where they can him? So still not good, but not as bad as I've seen. I- um, still Still not good, but I've seen him worse. I will say... My my biggest complaint, and this is just my my biggest complaint, a couple of situational things, like you said, that third and one, you come out with the same old formation that every team in the NFL knows is going to be a run off the gut by now. Um, but there was one drive in particular. Bucks were back deep in their own territory, and I don't – maybe, James, you can refresh my memory here. But, um, I mean, it was literally a first down run for maybe a yard, screen pass to Chris Godwin, screen pass to Chris Godwin. And the drive lasted maybe 18 seconds. I, I mean, that was pathetic, and I hate to say it, but that's a sight that we have seen far too often is when the Bucks need to go out there and give us something. I mean, 
listen, you're not going to get points on every single drive, even if you're the best offense in the NFL. But show us something. I mean, just get a goddamn first down. Like, just do something. And there's been far too many times I have seen this offense go out there and just flop around like a dead fish and then come off of the field. It's not it's it's it, I mean, it's it's bad. Like, it's bad. bad. Well, the, the broadcast pointed out like the, the Bucks, like it's I, I think this how this changed because the Bucks eventually got a first down, but didn't score. But the Bucks had three and outs. And on the drives that they didn't have three and outs, they scored points. So on the only drives that they didn't have three and outs, they scored points. So sounds um, like simple enough logic, right? Yeah. Like just don't go three and out. But and then obviously later on, they got some first downs, but still couldn't, couldn't convert them into points. But um, yeah, it's, it, it's weird, man. Like I said, I don't think Byron Leftwich was good today. I, I don't. However, I think I've seen him worse. Uh, I've been more frustrated with him in the past um, because I think today was a, a good bit of execution and more clock management from Todd Bowles. I, I'm more frustrated with Todd Bowles than I am Byron Leftwich today. So, um, and as far as your question of would this be the week they fire him? Not after. I mean, they just had two straight wins. I know that's going to sound dumb, but they just had two straight wins. It's one loss, and yeah, I don't think they're that desperate. At this rate, you know, Byron Leftwich is probably going to be staying until at least the end of the year. Whether, whether they make a change at the end of the year, that, that's to be determined, you know, to be determined how the offense plays the rest of the season. Do they make the playoffs? How does the offense play in the playoffs? So um, I think that's a little too early. I don't think it's going to happen this week. So any fans that are hoping for that, uh, don't hold your breath. And obviously Todd Bowles, too. Like, we can criticize Bowles all we want. Uh, he one, I don't think he's going anywhere regardless. And two, it's definitely not going to be at this point of the season. So it's not going to happen. Well, let's wrap this thing up with one more question about the coaching. I, I know a lot of people want to talk about it. And we, we mentioned the play calling with Byron Leftwich, which has been, you know, his biggest criticism all season long. Byron Leftwich having these guys ready to play is uh, my next question here. So it wasn't inherently a sloppy game. I mean, execution errors were there, you know, so it, it wasn't the brand of football that we know the Bucks have played, and it's not a brand of football that's going to win you games because the Bucks that showed up today are the Bucks that we have seen far too often this season, and they are sitting here at five and six. So let me ask you this, you know, does Todd Bowles deserve all the criticism he's going to get this week for another week in a row? These guys just did not look ready to play. I know that first drive duped a lot of people, and we talked about it here, but I mean, it's it's going to be a long week of, of people talking about Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles, and uh, what the Bucks should or should not do with both of those guys. Again, though, no, I'm I'm more concerned with the time management than being prepared to play. It, it, they didn't have dumb penalties, really. Um, the Devin White one, look, people may call it dumb. That was a kind of a ticky-tack call to me. Uh, that was close um, when he pushed uh, Jacoby Brissett out of bounds. That was pretty close. Uh, you could have not called that one, but... Um, you know, I, I think that time management was the more egregious thing today. I mean, to go into that overtime with your two timeouts just sitting there to be have a chance to have for a field goal to win and you don't even use any of the timeouts, it's just – it was unbelievable to me. And uh, I, I don't see why – you decided to do that. Uh, I, I don't see, you know, that entire fourth quarter, your time management was just terrible, and it really cost you. It, it cost your team, and they weren't good enough today. Yeah, no, I, I got to agree with you there, Evan. Like, I think that should be and needs to be a big topic of discussion. You know, there was even that weird situation where um, they had a chance to kick a really, really long field goal, uh, and they just opted to take the... Yeah. They yeah. opted. It was either take do the field goal, go for it on fourth and two, or punt. 
We were kind of, we were kind of like, we were kind of kidding around, but we kind of weren't. Like, why not just have Jake Kamara to do it? I wasn't, I wasn't kidding. There's two seconds left. I mean, you're, you know, Brady either wants to go for it after the penalty. Like, I wasn't kidding. I mean, I I mean, why not? Just who cares? I mean, you know, just try something, you know? Oh, are you talking before the end of regulation? End of the first half, was it? Okay, yeah. There was some type of Hail Mary play that Brady threw. Where yeah, where they okay they... no then that was the end of regulation then oh was it? the end of the, the end of the first half ended with the Mike Edwards interception yeah you're right it was the end of regulation oh okay yeah but but Evan you're right there with the two timeouts you know like they didn't they didn't use him it was just it was just weird man it just came off as clunky and just bad bad coaching in a lot of situations yeah. today it, it it reminded me like of just this. It was just mediocre, you know? Yeah. You know, and, and I always said, you know, Bulls, Bulls ball is coward ball, and nothing is bigger than this situation here where this is the situation I brought up that I thought you were bringing up. It's fourth and two, and you either have a 55-yard field goal with Ryan Suckup, you go for a fourth down, or you punt the ball. The Bucks they should have gone for a fourth down. They, they were on their own, the Cleveland thirty seven. They were on the Cleveland 37. You are well past. You should have gone for it on fourth down. And instead, they line up, they take the delay game, and then they punt. Now, luckily, the Browns went for it on fourth down, didn't get it. But um, yeah, they, I, I don't understand why you punt there. That was absolutely cowardice. And another opportunity where you could have had a two score game and really put it away. No, I agree. And I think that's what James had meant to bring up there was that situation okay. where they decided to stay out there, run the clock down, and basically just waste the final few seconds of that. Um, closing thoughts on a, on a short but simple podcast. I mean, what else is there to say about this game? It's another week in a row, just like we have seen all season. Actually, James has got to take as we close things out. James, your, uh, your closing thoughts here. What does this mean for the future of the cannon fire watch parties. Oh yeah, great. Um, so I mentioned at the uh, at the start, and I mentioned a few times throughout the day, we are officially zero and three with the cannon fire watch party at Barry House Beer Company in Ebor City. Today was today was the most competitive. Today was that. the most competitive, but it was also the most painful in a sense because it left us hanging on. Um, These have been getting more painful as I mean, we've they, been going to them. They they really have. Um, but I'm, I'm going to need a little bit of time to think about it. Uh, Berry House has been a great venue, by the way. Let's just give them some credit while we have been here. Clap it up. Clap it up for Berry House Beer Company in Ybor City. Shout out Jimmy's Tacos as well off of 17th. They were hooking it up 25% off of all the orders today. Wave the delivery fee and uh, some awesome drink specials. Thank you guys again. Berry House Beer Company in Ybor City and Jimmy's Tacos in Ybor City. You guys were awesome. Great venue. Shout out to everybody who came out. Our buddy Matt. Brandon was out here. Brandon brought some family. I had some family come out. It was really awesome seeing everybody. <laughs> really appreciate you guys hanging out with us. And uh, maybe we'll do it again. Maybe we won't. I don't know. But, uh, of course, we will keep you posted. Evan, let me get your closing thoughts on on where this Bucks team is at 5-6 and six before we wrap this thing up. Yeah, you know, you're – so Atlanta lost today. Uh, New Orleans is playing San Francisco as we speak. Um, so, I mean, you technically still have a game lead. You have a game and the tiebreaker. So, uh, you know – 
you're still in first place in the FC South, but like nobody feels great. Like nobody feels great about it. It would have felt even better if there would have been a win. Um, you know, but now you face a, a tough opponent coming up. Uh, the Saints have struggled this year, but it's a divisional game. And we know despite the Bucks even beating them in the regular season, we know that they are going to give the Bucks trouble. They just, they just do. So, I mean, you're looking at that game now because the next week is a week versus the 49ers who appear to be getting on a little bit of a roll here. So I don't see how you can go into that game being five and seven. So it makes next week almost you know, a must win uh, if you want to shot him, you know, making the playoffs and keeping this division lead here. Don't forget, later on this week, we'll be joined by former Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Sean King. We'll get some insight from him. I'm excited to get his perspective because whenever the Bucs season feels like it's been in free fall mode and and people are always up in arms. He usually gives us a little bit of a different perspective. Uh, so I'm excited to hear what he has to say. And uh, that should be tomorrow or Tuesday. That show will be dropping. But ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this week's post-game episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast, live from Barry House Beer Company in beautiful Ebor City. Shout out once again to our sponsors here at the third Cannon Fire Watch Party. It was one hell of a time. It's always a blast out here even though the Bucks don't win. So uh, maybe maybe we'll have to do something about that going forward. But shout out once again, Jimmy Stockos and Barry House in Ybor City. Thank you guys so, so much. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast, best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneers news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram, Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at Evan NFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. His co-worker at BucksNation.com sits next to me. Special guest for the podcast today. Truly appreciate you. James Hill hanging out with us. James, any closing thoughts for the people and uh, where can they find your content? Yeah, you know, um, just uh, it was a tough game, man. This was one of the more frustrating losses of the season. You know, hopefully they can execute better uh, in the future, you know, especially on offense. You know, I know that's going to be a big uh, point of contention with a lot of people. So, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. Also, keep let's keep tabs on the injury stuff. I'm sure that's definitely going to be stuff that we're going to be talking about throughout the week as well. I have a, a breaking injury update on, on Tristan Wirfs. A little bit of a positive update for some people. Nothing major, but um, Tristan Wirfs' injury may not... M- May not be as severe as initially thought. Uh, he walked around the locker room, showered, had weight on both of his legs, which is great. Uh, had a boot on that left leg, so we'll get an update, I'm sure, from Todd Bull sometime tomorrow on that. Okay. Um, several um, Bucks teammates also told Jenna Lane that they went to check on Tristan Wirfs. He still had a smile on his face, and he was in good spirit. So, I mean, that's just T. Wirfs. That's just who he is as a guy. Howdy, howdy. But um, hopefully he can be healthy and come back before the end of the regular season, before the playoffs for sure. If you know, or, if, 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 hold it, stop, stop, stop. R- real don't quick, even, don't real even, quick. Okay, all right, go ahead. I, yeah. I got to make a no, no, no. This is a completely unrelated note because you said howdy, howdy. So it reminded me of it. Uh, rip the Tampa Bay Bandits, right? Right, guys. Rip. Yeah, no Bandits. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess, I guess. I guess we're not gonna. <laughs> it's, it's not time to saddle up anymore. I guess we're not gonna saddle, saddle up. up this year. The USFL comes back in the spring, and uh, not only did they take away our beloved Tampa Bay Bandits, who only played in Alabama, they also took away the Tampa Bay Vipers in the XFL, as they are now the Orlando Guardians and the Vegas Vipers. Oh, those bastards! All uh, right, James, where can the people find your content? Yes, yeah, so I obviously write articles at BucksNation.com. 
uh, at my YouTube channel, Mr. Bush. Shut up, Evan. <laughs> uh, my he didn't say anything. He laughed because I laughed. He, he laughed because I laughed because I accidentally muted your mic. See, see, um, this is what James thinks of me. I hope everybody sees this. Now. Shut up. Uh, so anyway, no, I, I, I make it's I just make, a natural beef. I make YouTube yeah, videos. See? If I can get a word in, <laughs> make YouTube videos here, Mr. Bucks Nation on YouTube. Also, I just put it in the chat. Uh, myself and Evan here are actually working on a new project called Real to Real. We're uh, oh, behind my back, stealing my ho- stealing my co-host. I thought you said it. Where we review movies, and uh, we actually have a Nope review coming out today. Uh, so very fun movie. Uh, definitely check it out if you guys get the chance and subscribe to that channel. It's kind of a little project, side project me and Evan have been working on. But mainly, I write articles at BucksNation.com. I make YouTube videos at Mr. BucksNation. Uh, I'll have a video coming out reviewing the game here once I get home later today. So stay tuned for that as well, folks. And thanks again for having me on, guys. Very fun here at Berry House Brewing Company. Besides, the, you know, the bear and the zombies trying <laughs> yeah, to bust their us. way through the shutter door the entire day. They got us in the storage unit back here in the, in the den. But uh, it really has been a good time. Shout out once again to everyone who came out and hung out with us in person. Shout out to everybody in the live stream. Subscribe to the channel if you have not already. For more great Tampa Bay Buccaneers content, find us on social media. With all of that being said, I am your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish and James Hill. We will talk to you guys later this week with former Bucks quarterback, Sean King. Until then, and as always, thanks for watching, and go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.